Welcome to the Music City Scene, a podcast for independent musicians and independent listeners. Coming to you from the Music City of Nashville, Tennessee, we will do interviews with independent musicians, focusing on and telling the story behind their music, their journey, and where you can hear and see them. In addition, we'll provide tips and places to go and things to do when you are in the Music City. Welcome to the Music City Scene. I'm Tony Jenkins, your host. Along again tonight, today, whatever you want to call it, it is night, right? It is. My guest co-host, Jennifer Jenkins. Back by, I don't know, popular demand or lack of other interest in a co-host position. Here I am again. Yep. Nobody else wanted it. (laughs) I think he just looked around and said, who likes to talk a lot and happens to be available when I want to record? And that was me. And I need someone tonight that has energy. All right, then. Well, keep keep the drink. Drinks coming, and yep. I'll keep up the energy. <laughs> we each we each have a cocktail this evening, but uh, so what's up? What's going on in Nashville? Well, it seems like uh, Groundhog Week, rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, Normal, but we actually did get out tonight. Went to a restaurant, one of our favorites. First time in a long time. Yeah, we walked down the street without a mask. Walked in with a mask. We're seated appropriately spaced from other people. To the table, took off the mask to eat, put it back on to walk out. That is correct. And then walked home. So uh, that's mask life. Yeah, and uh, in Nashville, that's uh, that's Casey. Casey wants to sit on a lap. Right? Casey is a what seven eight pound miniature dachshund who believes she uh, runs the house here. So we still have the COVID. It's not gone. The COVID. We have 93,000 cases, 38,000 active. Is that in in Tennessee or? Tennessee, Mm -hmm. in Nashville. Mm. 967 deaths. Maybe that's Tennessee. I don't know. Yeah, check your stats. Party buses have been ordered. Party buses that serve alcohol have been ordered to close. Bars and restaurants that serve alcohol have been ordered to close by 10 p.m. I don't know what it makes a difference if it's a restaurant that serves beer and whiskey or whatever, bourbon. Apparently, COVID is more active in bars after 10 p.m., so it's precaution. Gotta watch out for those. (laughs) Places like the Commodore Grill and the Listening Room are open, where you can hear songwriters in the round, or... They're open with restrictions, reducing capacity. So, yeah, getting out about it definitely takes a little more research these days. Checking it out, going to the website, understanding what the parameters will be. But there are things to go do. Yep. And the trolleys are are running. The trolley, the hop-on, hop-off. Those are great. Great way to see the city. But, yeah, we have noticed them, while probably not as many folks on them, definitely still making their rounds. Okay. We'll have so, to do a whole segment on the trolleys because the jokes and the personalities that host those are, uh, they're, they're very funny. Very talented little crew. It's worth the 50 bucks, right? right Absolutely. Is, let's get into our sucking on a Chili Dog segment. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So as a reminder, this is the uh, highlights and reviews of places around town like Great Chili Dog stands that you were inspired by. But today we're going to talk about a different one, right? Yeah. We're going to talk about Marathon Village and Motorwork, corner of 12th Avenue North and Clinton Street. It is a really cool old building. I think it's one of the perfect examples of repurposing old architecture and creating kind of new purpose, new draw. Um, but it's it's a fun one to just go spend an afternoon in with all the history shops. I think everybody can stay entertained there with everything it's got to offer. Boutiques, art, jewelry, books, decor. Obviously, there's some famous places. Bourbon. I'll come back to that, but it's just west, northwest of downtown, five-minute Uber ride. One of the trolley stops as well, but I think it's most of the tourists or people who come from out of town or what they're actually seeking out, I guess it's kind of anchor tenant, is antique archaeology, which is the retail location, I think one of two in the country for American Pickers, so from the History Channel. American Pickers, correct. Um, So you can go buy all the cool things that they have found in the corners of America for 10 times the price America <laughs> that they were ever worth. But it's pretty cool. It's a neat, neat little place to walk through. Yeah, you can spend several hours here. It was first a motorworks. If you go to Marathon Village, what that building originally was, a company called Southern Engine and Boiler Works from the late 1800s, started making cars in 1906. And in 1910, they moved their production to Nashville to this location. And they produced, by 1912, I think it said 10,000 cars a year. And they were selling cars all over the world. And they left town. They just left us high and dry. (laughs) Left all their equipment there, just took off, right? It was only for four years or so that they were producing there. but. And the last, it was something around, you know, one of the full-service car manufacturing in the South, one of the first. Or a car buff or like... Or a tool guy. Tools, manufacturing. Like how things are put together. Yep. There's a lot of interactive things still in the hall um, where you can figure out what was going on at different parts of the facility. Intermixed with the little shops, there's some stuff for the guys with grease under their nails. You could probably spend a whole day going through that, just looking at all the machinery that still is there and reading about how it works. I just like pulling the levers and see what you can still move. Uh, Not much. (laughs) But within this, there's a lot of retail space. As Jen mentioned, antique archaeology. There's a Jack Daniels store. You can buy old whiskey barrels. There's many other things in there. Um, there is music at Marathon. I would say Antique Archaeology has live music from time to time. I'm not sure if Jan- Jack Daniels does. I'm not sure. I know that there's a Marathon Music Works that's actually a big venue that they host events, music events and concerts at from time to time. Yeah, so that's Marathon Music Works is connected, but it's not like it's not a venue that's open during the day. You go online, check their schedule. In fact, I did this and I see that they have a beer festival on August 14th. At least it says it's a beer festival now. How handy that you checked that out. Well, that may change, you know. Well, maybe if they serve food, they'll be able to stay open. <laughs> right, past 10. And then uh, there's there's an event coming called the Yacht Rock Review. It's a 70s, 80s tribute band, which 
living in Nashville and going to places like this, like in the past, I think it was, it wasn't New Year's Eve, but it was Christmas. It was between Christmas and New Year. And we had some folks in from out of town and we went to, it was like 80s and 90s and it was all studio musicians. And this was at Cannery Row Ballroom. Mm -hmm. And they're all studio musicians that get up and from eight o'clock till two in the morning, it's nothing but 80s and 90s covers. It's awesome. It was a throwback for sure. So that's, I think, what this Yacht Rock review is, uh, but it's a band that's from Atlanta. So they have had very limited things going on at Marathon Music Works. However, it looks like their schedule starting, well, I think they've canceled so much. It might, starting by October, November, it says, hey, we've got a ton of events coming, but that has yet to be seen. What else there at Marathon Village and Motor Works? I think. What took us there originally, I think, was the distilleries, and it's uh, yeah. one of the ones that we discovered was Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery, Bellmead Whiskey, Bourbon. Yeah. Correct. Bellmead Bourbon. Yes. and Award-winning bourbon. We were just going with some friends, something closer than driving all the way down to Jack Daniels, and it was close by- Which is with- not bourbon. Right. It's Tennessee whiskey. There's it- a difference. It's something that burns as you drink it, and it goes down your throat. And so anyway, we went on this tour. What I remember was just what a neat story it was in that Greenbrier Distillery was kind of rediscovered after several generations by the grandsons who were just in their, at the point they were in their 20s, maybe now into their 30s, but they discovered that their family legacy that they'd heard rumor of as they were on a little road trip up to Greenbrier with uh, with some family and started asking around about this family legend of the Bellmead bourbon and found out, well, yeah, it's all right up here and everybody's kept the, the memories alive, the, the locations they, are there. Their, their great-grandfather had the first yep. license to to make bourbon or make alcohol in the state of Tennessee. I don't know when this was, but if you get a chance to go, check it out. That's right. He came over from Germany and it was a great story. And I, and I want to say those tours are $5, yeah, maybe $10. Very affordable. It was interesting. You get the... You get the basics. They tell you the difference between whiskey and bourbon, which apparently I need to refresh myself on. Uh, But you get to see how it's made. They do a good tasting, a little bit for anybody who's got, you know, preferences. You can get something sweeter, something yummy, something that really burns. Mm -hmm. And uh, but it's a good tour. Something to do to kill a kill a couple hours and learn a little bit about the local history. Yeah, I think I think once again, just like. Some of the other venues that we've talked about last week, we mentioned the farmer's market. If you want to do something in the morning into the early afternoon, the farmer's market's a great place. Marathon Music Works or Marathon Village, Marathon uh, Motor Works is also one of those places. It uh, probably doesn't open till 10, but it is one of those places where you know you could spend quite a bit of time and there's something there for everyone. That is Marathon Village. Shall we move on? Well, absolutely. What's next? I think we're going to go to a segment that I have now called, I've been thinking a lot. And Dangerous. I've, and I've got a new segment. All right. And when we do not have a guest to interview, so we've got the sucking on a chili dog segment. That's the one we just did, right? Reviewing interesting places around town. Yep. And so the second segment, when we do not have a guest to interview, will be the old time feeling segment. Where did that come from? 
That came from the person that we're going to talk about today, Guy Clark. That's perfect. And and, and he had an old time feeling. <laughs> he had a song that was it's titled "Old Time Feeling." It's an awesome song. Um, I will probably put a clip of that in, or at least uh, an acoustic clip. But I, you know, I want to call it the old time feeling because what I want to do, and we do not have a guest, is to throw some music out there that gives me or gives you, and I hope it gives you an old time feeling. <laughs> How does that sound? It makes sense. I think that one of your whole inspirations for is my inspiration is for doing this is that kind of music, that style of music, that old time storyteller gritty um you know not trying to be anything commercial just be what you are and let it flow and that's when when you started playing this kind of music for me guy clark was one of the ones you you played a lot and i really enjoyed it too there's a couple of really good good tunes in there and as you've learned to play some of them on the guitar it's kind of fun for the sing-along side yeah they're sing-along songs But yeah, in terms of what we are going to talk about, we'll talk about Guy Clark here, who he was, what he was, and some things that he was involved with. Involved with. He was born in Monahans, Texas in 1941. No idea where that is. Never so, been to Texas. Never been to Monahan. It's in Texas. <laughs> um, he passed away in 2016. I do I do get to say that I did get to see him live one time. I don't know if you remember it. It was at the Americana Music Awards at the Ryman. Yeah, I remember about, going to that. Probably 10 years ago, where we got to see Todd Snyder and I got to see Guy Clark perform, I think it was with Emmy Lou Harris. Anyways, that was uh, one of the highlights of my life, getting to see Guy Clark, who, you know, he's known as a folk singer, country singer, singer-songwriter. In his time, he released more than 20 albums. He's been recorded and covered by Jerry Jeff Walker, which probably was his first big break with L.A. Freeway. And if anybody knows that song, that's probably the one that that did it. Jimmy Buffett, Kathy Matea, Lyle Lovett, Ricky Skaggs, Steve Warner, Rodney Crowell, Steve Earle, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Brad Paisley. He's worked with Kenny Chesney. I mean, the list goes on. In 2014, Guy Clark won the Grammy for the best folk album, My Favorite Picture of You. On his passing, the New York Times called him a king of the Texas troubadours. Who would you say? Is that like saying the the rap pack, the Texas troubadours? Is that a, um, a I, group of guys? I would say the Texas troubadours would be folks like Guy Clark, Towns Van Zant, Lyle Lovett, uh, George Strait. These are all Texas guys. But what got me into Guy Clark is someone introduced me to the album. This is the name of the album. Pay attention to this. Together at the Bluebird Cafe. This is, I was listening to this even before I knew what the the Bluebird Cafe was because I didn't live in Nashville. But it was in the round concert with Steve Earle, Towns Van Zant, and Guy Clark. 
And if you have not heard that, let me tell you what, that is pure gold. It was recorded in 1995, released in 2001. And it it just was very interesting watching these or listening to these guys playing around and the fact that they all kind of grew up writing songs together. And I would say that uh, Towns and Guy Clark were probably in their mid to late 30s when they kind of took Steve, the young Steve Earle under their wing. So it's interesting to see these guys play together and how they played off of each other. Probably a lot of intertwining there in their younger careers. Yeah, I think there was. And, you know, to understand Guy Clark, and I think... That's you, not me. Okay, that was me. Sorry. I didn't don't leave that in. I don't care. <laughs> to understand Guy Clark and, and, and the genre that he represented, go back and watch the 1976 documentary film, Heart Worn Highways. If you don't know about this, you're into music, you're, you're into these types of guys... It's an hour and a half, and if you can get the ex, the one with the extras in it, and we we didn't have that tonight, but I've seen this before. I used to own it, um, but we watched it again before this, and it can be found on Amazon Prime. And in the about of Heartworn Highways, it describes the guys that they talk about here as founders of the outlaw country movement. Would you say they were outlaws? They came across as pretty, well, yeah, I don't know that they were with a vengeance, but they were uh, kind of doing their own thing. But I'm wondering, are you going to be able to put some links in the uh, mm-hmm. show notes to a lot of this stuff? Because there's just I will do so I many will. Uh, so many cool little stories to dig into there. I will do it for sure. So check out the show notes. Um, in, in this, I see all these guys that are in here as visionaries who either wrote songs or have, you know, they, either, they were the, either just songwriters or they were people who wrote songs other people covered. Um, so, you know, for instance, we talk about artists that did, you know, some of the songs that these guys wrote. And then let me, have I even gotten to who these guys are? Well, let me name who was in Heartworn Highways as artist. You have David Allen Coe, Charlie Daniels, Steve Young, Gamble Rogers, Larry John Wilson, Towns Van Zant, Guy Clark, Steve Earle. Let me come back to that here in a second. These guys that wrote, these guys are all big time songwriters. And for instance, these guys have had different genres cover them, not just country, but alt country. American rock, alt country, um, different things like that. And so, for instance, Rodney Crowell. If you know Rodney Crowell, he wrote Shame on the Moon. Bob Seger did it. Love that song. This will be a common theme in Tommy's podcast. You're going to hear a lot about Bob from time to time. Towns Van Zant wrote a song called If I Needed You. It's been covered by 61 different artists in multiple languages, multiple genres. Uh, One of those artists, Dashboard Confessional, which is, I think, more of an alt-pop type group, covered that. And I will have a link to that. And I think if you take a look at American Rock or alternative 
uh, country today. People like Ryan Adams, Jay Farrar, uh, bands like Whiskey Town, Sunvolt, Uncle Tupelo. All of these guys have taken some type of outlaw country into what their sound is today. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that even though I wasn't as familiar with the original as the artists, I'd heard their names, but being here in Nashville and listening to other artists, when they talk about their inspiration or the things that they, you know, learned from or the kinds of the kind of um, mood, emotion, grit that they were going for, it was it was these guys. It was this um this Towns, Van Zandt, Guy Clark genre that got them into their groove. So what did you think about the the overall Heartworn Highways, the vibe? I mean, it's not like it's a story. It's not a straight storyline or anything. No, not at all. I mean, so we'd watched it a few years ago, and then we just recently, actually today, we're just trying to refresh a little bit and watched a little bit of it. And it's actually, it's all raw footage. Um, there's no narrator or, document or documentarian or anything. It's just like a collection of clips of scenes and settings. This is back when you first started walking around with a camcorder. It's 1975, and, 76. Absolutely. And so it's all very raw, very natural, but it's just them being themselves. Sometimes they're drinking, sometimes they're goofing around. Sometimes, sometimes they're doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> they're getting emotional, but it's just, it's not, it's not put on in the, in the context of a documentary. It's just a bunch of footage. So it's pretty, I like that part of it. So David Allen Coe, for instance, he's driving his own RV, or should you call it an RV? Tour bus. Yeah. Or a tour bus. He's driving his own tour bus. He's on a CB talking to guys in front of him, making sure there's no cops. And he's on his way to play the Tennessee State Penitentiary. Huh. Yeah. That was interesting. Charlie Daniels was on it. That's right. You pointed that out and uh, timely because Charlie Daniels just passed away we just a couple lost weeks him. ago. Yep. Um, so Steve Young, who, you know, I've watched this before and I like I don't even know who Steve Young is. So I did a little bit of research and found out Steve Young actually wrote the Seven Bridges Road song that the Eagles recorded. Which, if you don't know that song, you should go check it out. And so, once again, saying how these guys contributed to other genres, like right there. I mean, that is just unbelievable. Uh, Gamble Rogers, who was on here, I don't know him so much, but he was kind of like a comedy folk guy that went in and actually had a, a pretty catchy song about Jack Daniels. Interesting. Interesting. I think what's cool about all this and i think what it ties into this independent musician concept for the podcast though is that none of these guys were phenomenal like showmen they were not out there well, to- david allen co was pretty good showman. Well, yeah <laughs> but i mean it wasn't about the so outfits and the glamour and the album covers and the commercial sellability of it they were just them they and were artists take it or leave it um I mean, candidly, they don't always have the most most pitch perfect, you know, operatic type tone in their voice. They're just raw storytellers, and that's what you get. That's what you get drawn into. Um, so this was this definitely fits that kind of independent musician. You're not waiting for for just a big label to slap some gloss on you and and sell albums. You you're just grinding it out and finding people who like your story. I think a good point to that is Towns Van Zant, stud 
songwriter. Just unbelievable. He wrote the song Poncho and Lefty that Willie Wil- Willie Wilson <laughs> Willie Nelson made popular. And, you know, once again, that's a song that's been cut by numerous artists. And I believe that Towns Van Zant was probably one of the best songwriters to ever live. In fact, I think he could have been better than Bob Dylan if he could have kept his shit together. What happened to his shit? <laughs> He's, he was, he just, he was like the starving artist. He was, he liked to drink. He liked to, you know, I think he wrote best when he drank, when he got drunk, and he would write a song in his sleep and get up and write it down. I mean, it's just weird stuff about Towns. Um, and, you know, Towns has a lot of songs. So if you go, if you go to the Google box and you look up Towns, you'll find a lot of stuff if you don't know who he is. Uh, he should be somebody that if you are into music, you should know who he is. Um, in 1996, the Sonic Youth drummer, which, hold on a minute, Sonic Youth is kind of like heavy metal almost. I don't know what the exact genre would be, but their their drummer came to Towns Van Zant in 96, Steve Shelley, and he tried to get Towns Van Zant to record a last album or an album. And on his way to the studio, Towns Van Zant was drunk. He ended up falling and ultimately breaking his hip, and he died on January 1st, 1997, from, I think it was alcoholism. So, just goes to show, it's, you know, he led a just a rough life. And I think Heartborn Highways, there's some interesting segments on there with him in Texas. Mm-hmm. Doing, him, doing his thing. Doing what he does. And, you know, I think Towns Van Zant and Guy Clark were kind of like, if anybody out there listening knows Lyle Lovett and Robert Earl Keane were roommates at the University of Texas in Austin when they were in college, I think Towns Van Zant and Guy Clark were very much like that kind of duo as well. In this DVD, Guy Clark performs a lot of his songs, L.A. Freeway. Uh, That's one of my favorites. Home Cooking, Old Time Feeling. So, no, it's uh, it's a good thing. And I would say that from my perspective, Guy Clark is the, the grandfather of what I would consider today's country music. I think it's changed. I think there's a lot of you know, folks that influence music over time. But it, you definitely do hear, I think, the folksiness, the acoustic guitar in these things that... Uh, you know, even today it, it comes through. What do you think? Yep, absolutely. I, I think it's good road trip music. Yeah. Um, it's the kind of thing you just kind of get into a groove, get into the mood, follow the storylines. But um, yeah, it's it, it's always been a part of our playlists. And it should be a part of yours. <laughs> but this is independent music for independent listeners. So you choose your music. Um, right now, I think the last couple of times episodes we have kind of concentrated on a little bit more country a little more folk that that type type of stuff i think in the coming weeks you're going to hear from us with just some other other genres that are coming i'm not going to go into detail we do have you know several episodes coming up over the next couple of weeks that i think that will be enjoyable hopefully and and i think what'll be interesting is to throw some of these names back out there as we talk to folks 
And regardless of the genre, whether it's blues, rock, um, folk, or country, you're going to hear people repeat back some of these same names, same inspiration. So it's a good one to throw in here. Uh, good, good set of topics and names to cover off on because I think it will be an undertone, an undercurrent for some future artists that we talk to. Absolutely. And then I'll, I'd be remiss not to point out that there is a 2015 film that's Heartworn Highways Revisited. And I'm, we're going to go watch that when we get done here. Oh, joy. <laughs> and, and actually it has, I don't know if it's, it's actually Guy Clark before he passed away or if it's clips, but it says that Guy Clark, David Allen Coe, and Steve Young are in this, the guy that wrote Seven Bridges Road. I just wonder why Charlie Daniels, Steve Earle, and Rodney Crowell weren't in it. Because they're all they were all still alive when they recorded that. Um but, you know, I know there was some falling out amongst these guys um as they got older. I think the last the very last scene in Heartworn Highways. Steve Earle is singing Silent Night and sitting around this table in 1975, and it looked like it was probably Christmas Eve, wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. So Steve Earle's playing, Steve Young's playing, Guy Clark, who else was in there? Rodney Crowell. I mean, you're, if if you're a music fan or an, you know, this is, this is the answer to the game. If you could go back and have dinner with certain people that are dead or alive, who would you invite? This yeah. might be your answer to that. Yeah, it was you'd, like the Last Supper. You'd go back to that like. Last Supper and have that dinner. But I think probably what maybe uh, drove them all apart was whoever drank the bottle, the bottom of the bottle of whiskey there, because that's a big part of it. <laughs> well, there were a lot of empty bottles of whiskey and some other things, I think, going on in there. But, you know, it's just amazing. Out of the guys that they did this documentary on in 1975, I mean, every one of them at that point, really hadn't completely made it. But, you know, fast forward to today and look back on their careers, and it's like unbelievable how many things that they were able to accomplish from that period up to now. Mm -hmm. And I think if you go back and you listen to anything from Guy Clark from his first album to his last album, you know, there are... It changes a little bit. I don't, wouldn't say it changes much at all. And I think that critics out there would look at his last albums and go, oh, they sucked. They were terrible. But as a Guy Clark fan, I think they're great albums. I think that all of his lyrics were good. I think that his music that was well-written. So if you get a chance, check out That's Guy your Clark. homework yeah. to all of our listeners. Both of you, go listen to Guy Clark. We have, <laughs> I think we have three now. Okay, good. So, well, what's great here? We would love to just hear back. Uh, what are you enjoying what uh, what other artists do you think are worth spending some time discussing? Um, what else would you like to hear? Are there any other segments um, that you'd like Tony to spend some time on? And who else you'd like to be a, a guest co-host? Well, I think you're starting to do a pretty good job, so maybe I'll have you more. This is an unpaid gig, clearly. Well, and I'll tell you, I'm sorry that we did not have an interview today, but my staff is lazy. <laughs> right? Right. That's me. And other priorities. But no, there, I think we look, we've got a lot of good stuff in the works. You've got some artists coming up uh, that I'm really excited to hear you talk to. And um, some, some, you know, with some more history, some more contemporary. So it'll be a, a lot of fun. So keep, keep coming back. 
check everything out, share it with uh, share it with friends, and give us some feedback. Please, we would love some feedback. I've talked to some folks that are listening to it that have called me. Thank you. For those of you out there that have an opinion, good, bad, or indifferent, I don't care. Send it in. You're not going to hurt my feelings. We want to make this something that you want to come back to. All right. I think that's it. We're out. Over and out. Peace from Music City Scene.